0: to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the Dynasty sports Empire.com podcast network. Dare I say, the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode 34, uh, we talk about Hard Knocks episode one. Uh, we do NFC and AFC North previews and we preview also college football's big 10 Tim's big 10. So as always, you can email us at DSE, the at gmail.com at DSE podcast on Twitter, DSE, the podcast on Instagram, rate and review us on five stars. Bring those five stars in, please to help other people find us. If you give us a five-star review, we will read it on the pod. Uh, all right. Got all that business out of the way. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman, alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who did not injure his ankle in a terrible and scarring way. Tim Reinhardt, welcome Tim. No,
1: no, and and I didn't need to see it six (laughs) times on (laughs) hard knocks either. I didn't need to see it the first time I saw it. I, I mean they just kept showing it and showing it and showing it and showing it. And they showed yeah. it again.
0: <laughs> so so just to, just as a little context for that, uh, in Hard Knocks, episode one, uh, obviously a lot of the focus is on the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. Um, and last year, Dak Prescott uh, got hurt and was out for most of the season. I think he got injured in October or so. Yeah, I think it was um, like the
1: fourth game of the season, maybe.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like the, the beginning of October. So um, and I didn't remember this when I uh, started watching it, but. He, his ankle got injured in a very disgusting, i disgusting, gruesome, gruesome way. Uh it, You know, he went down and a guy rolled under him and then he kind of rolled over and his ankle was pointing in the wrong direction. Right? 90, it was 90 degree 90, angle. 90 degrees. And yeah. they, and they showed it on here and I don't think they showed it on the broadcast because I don't remember this, but he was kind of like stomping his ankle, his foot a little bit yes. to like try to like, snap it back in like he like he dislocated it and it yeah. just it was like a like a wet fish it was the and they and again as you said they showed it on hard knocks one time they should and and we were texting about this they showed it the next time just a little bit clo- closer yeah. and the next time they're just a little bit closer and you're like oh no 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 oh no 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 stop going so close no and then the next time they go just a little bit closer and a little bit slower Right. And they just kept showing it again and again. It was really right. As you're uh, getting
1: settled with your popcorn,
0: yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: I guess um, I'm eating this now. <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember I, I watched that live in um, the instant it happened. You knew it was really bad and you did see him like I, he must've been in shock. I guess they sort of say that like in the episode too, that he, he, like didn't really even know it was happening so he was like trying to put his put his ankle back together um yeah. and but then as networks are apt to do with gruesome injuries they to my knowledge didn't show it again if yes. if i remember right um yeah so yeah to see that over and over and over again was was very disturbing to say the least and I didn't I guess nobody knew this until hard Knox came out I didn't realize he had two surgeries one was like an emergency one just to like put the bone because it was I don't there's a medical term for it I don't know what it's called but when the bone pops out of the skin like a uh, compound fracture okay so it was that and uh so they they it sounds like they had a, an initial surgery just to like get things. Uh, back in order, for lack of a better term, right? And then another one to fix all the stuff that was that was wrong as a result of it. Uh, and Dak Prescott told us that he has he likes scars and he has a lot of scars. So
0: yeah, um, I mean there it is. So the one thing the you know I was watching this also you know as a part of our homework here, and the the one thing that I you know the one thing that Hard Knocks does great. Is that they kind of humanize these players who are, you know, a lot of times, you know, players behind a helmet that you don't know that well, and you know, sometimes they're just lines on a spreadsheet on your fantasy team and right. all, all that stuff. So they do a really good job of kind of humanizing um, the players. Obviously, they focus on Dak Prescott in the first episode, Ezekiel Elliott, the yeah. running back, and Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, yeah, the the bigger the,
1: names. They they usually do that in the first. Episode layout like the big names, the big storylines pull you in, and then they're going to go probably to, you know, the uh, second string Mike linebacker, you know, battle, which is also also awesome.
0: Yeah, Um, I I really I love that's the part that I love is where they 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 go to the guys on the bubble. Yeah, you know, there's there's say there's three or four guys that may or may not make it onto the team and and you kind of see their their day to day lives. Whereas, you know, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are like giving themselves, giving each other like diamond bracelets and thousands of dollars worth of luggage. Luggage, for just like, like a, yeah.
1: like a carry on luggage. Yeah. E- I, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott cannot wrap like, you know, I guess yeah. he missed that class uh, at yeah. Ohio State, how to wrap a Christmas gift. Right. that Could have yeah. had to have been like him hamming it up. It had to have been.
0: Well, like, well, he <laughs> said, he said some, he said something and. I found it interesting. He said, I've never wrapped a present before in my life, which <laughs> you've never wrapped a present in your whole 28 life. 28
1: years old, man.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, that, um, that was, that was shocking. And he was watching a, you know, a YouTube video. Yeah, DIY it. video. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, these, the, it, it boggles the mind, but you know, the, the other side of that for me is like, I don't like the Cowboys. I never have liked the Cowboys, you know, uh, back when I was a kid, um, the St. Louis football Cardinals were in St. Louis, and so mm. they were in the NFC East or whatever it was called at that time, same division as the Cowboys. Right. So there was a kind of a a rivalry because they were some of the further west teams at that point. Um, so they uh, we we didn't like the Cowboys at all in our house, uh, and my grandparents didn't like the Cowboys. Nobody liked the Cowboys. So consequently Cowboys are one of the teams that I don't like. But the funny thing is, is that I kind of like the players. Like I like Ezekiel Elliott, um, Dak Prescott seems likable. Obviously hard knocks is humanizing them, but at the same time, I'm like, no, 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 I don't want these guys humanized. I want to, I want to not like these, you know, there, you want to hate the Cowboys. There, you know, there
1: to your point, there hasn't been a hard Knocks season that, I've watched where I haven't walked away being like, you know, I hope those guys do. All right. Like, <laughs> right. They, yeah. Cause they're always, um, I mean, it'll be interesting, um, to look up like what we're, who, who's been on, I, I guess I've been watching since, uh, since the jets were on it in 20, 2010, you know, I guess I didn't really love it when they did the dolphins. Uh, but like they did, uh, they did the Oakland Raiders and I was like, yeah, you know, I can get like, I, I can get down with, with the Raiders a little bit. And then they did the two LA teams last year. And yep. you know, that was, that was also <clears throat> uh very humanizing. Also like they, last year they broke the story that uh, Anthony Lynn who is no longer the coach of the Chargers but uh, was back then um, had gotten COVID and, you know, they, they, they really do a, a good job uh of of humanizing them and making you want to pull for them then. And it's it's pretty cool.
0: Right. And and I think that's that's a a credit to their their I don't know, directing cinematography like I think that, you know, they they kind of e- extract these stories. Yeah. uh set pieces almost like like wrapping in uh, a thing or, you know, but also they also do Dak Prescott getting hurt, hurt his shoulder during training camp and covering how the team is working around that. What did you think of Mike McCarthy from the first? Well, real quick before I we did. get to yeah. that,
1: like what's so interesting about the show is that, yes, they must have their storylines that um, that they've they're like, all right, we're going to focus on Dak Prescott's return, uh, his relationship with Ezekiel. Alley. Those are no brainers. Also, though, like they're filming and releasing a week after they film. So, like, there are stories that are going to develop like Dak Prescott's shoulder that they didn't anticipate. Um, and, and I guess I'll just throw it back to, you know, throw it way back when like when the Jets were on it. That was the year that um, Darrell Revis had his holdout. And like there was no way that they like had an anticipation of how that was going to play out, but it became the storyline of that hard knock season. So like the same thing's going to happen here. It's so they, they obviously are great with like their production team and understanding what the stories are. And at the same time, they, uh, um, what do you call it? They, they do a great job adapting, um, to what happens. Um, so, but yeah, uh, It's interesting. I I was interested in the dynamic that existed between um, McCarthy and uh, and Dak Prescott. Uh, It's so interesting. Like, I don't know. I, I guess like it's interesting to me how. Little it seems like they talk on a regular basis. Does that make sense to you? Like, does that make sense?
0: Right. I think I think it seemed they seemed to be distant yes. from each other. Yeah. 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 And like, I don't get that. Yeah. Because Mike McCarthy's offensive guy. Right. Yeah. E- yeah.
1: I mean, even I this is not this is a lot. La- OK, um, I can't promise, but I promise I will try to make this the last Jets reference I make. Tonight. <laughs> like when when Adam Gase was the coach of the Jets, they were like there there was a a wide receiver Quincy Anunwa, who got hurt and subsequently fined for like missing training sessions and stuff. And, uh and I remember like somebody, a reporter asking about it. He was like, I, I haven't talked to him in weeks. I was like, how have you not spoken to this like person? He's on your team. You're in the building together. Like, I feel like that should be a number one job of, or of a head coach is to build relationships with their players. But it, it, then that's like gets sort of reinforced there like Mike McCarthy seems to like not be in regular conversation with Dak Prescott which
0: I would think he should be I don't know right and it's possible they're not showing us like the the quarterback room where they're going over play calls and stuff like that um but it didn't seem like i mean in in a lot of instances a quarterback and head coach is kind of like a, an arranged marriage a little bit you know like Dak didn't choose Mike McCarthy, right? Jerry Jones chose Mike McCarthy, you know, right for this situation. And Mike McCarthy maybe had his druthers would have had another quarterback, right? Um, if he was in charge of picking who the quarterback would be, but at least had
1: the the ability to pick the job, right? Like he could have said no, sure. If he really wanted to. So
0: Yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, you're absolutely right. And I think so to the point I guess about it being arranged marriage is that sometimes you kind of see why those guys aren't on the same page right you see sometimes you see quarterback and head coach which are, who are like you know one guy comes over the sideline they're talking to each other the whole time and another time it's like the guy goes and sits down and looks at his film or whatever and and talks to the quarterback's coach right so you know I I guess I didn't I didn't come away from the first episode and maybe this is just the first episode thinking much of Mike McCarthy For- it seemed kind of like I don't know, like fine, I guess. Um,
1: or Dan Quinn to me for that matter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, the really only thing was they say the F word a lot. Like that seems to be their, their way to inspire these guys is just say the F word. And I don't know. Um, <laughs> the the guy I did like though, was the special teams coach. Um, they had a whole thing where, what's his name? Oh man. He used to be on the Rams. Um he had a whole story about how he was telling about how he got a vasectomy and his vasectomy reversed and stuff uh, like this. And is it John Fossil? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was funny. Uh, that whole back. Yeah. And forth. So yeah. he had, he he obviously had a, a great rapport with his his players, and he was like joking back and forth, and like you know it that that whole segment was really funny. Um, but yeah, again, Dan Quinn and uh, Mike McCarthy didn't. Didn't do a lot for me. So, uh,
1: yeah. I, and, you know, it's, it's interesting to think, like, going back to those two coaches' previous situations and maybe, like, I'm projecting things that didn't actually happen. Like, didn't Mike McCarthy sort of have a pretty uh, rough relationship with Aaron Rodgers, like, toward the tail end of things?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I, I think one of the reasons he was gone. Yeah, and I, I think a lot, well, I think, some of the blame for them not winning more super bowls or winning more than one super bowl with Aaron Rodgers is kind of laid at his feet, you know. Yeah. Um through the bad decisions or or whenever um in the playoffs and that's why they ended up getting rid of him, you know. And then
1: there was it seemed
0: like uh you know
1: there was a near mutiny uh with Dan Quinn in in Atlanta. Uh yeah, he, got, and, he got fired middle of the year like but that doesn't always act. he got fired, I think, like four or five games into the season like that. That stuff doesn't always happen. Like this isn't the the NFL is very different than Major League Baseball. You see coaching changes or managerial changes in Major League Baseball midseason all the time. It's more rare in the NFL. And so, like, to me, that 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 tells you, you lost the locker room. These people, these guys aren't even listening to you. It's that right. toxic. And so, yeah. like, you then look at how they're interacting here and. At least for me as a viewer, I can't help but think like, huh, maybe like maybe that was their problem, like back in those right. previous jobs.
0: Yeah. And, and I think uh, Dan Quinn, obviously the architect of the massive meltdown against the uh, New England Patriots in the Super Bowl where they they pretty oh, much, Yeah. You know, if, if if they did, I don't know, one thing right in the last quarter and a half, they would have won that game. So, yeah. And then um, he's probably still there. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's, so as you say, hard knocks is very interesting. I think obviously they, they show a, a very small subset, but I think you get a taste of, uh, these coaches and these players that you don't get anywhere else. So that's why it's, it's quite unique. It's fun watch every year. So that's why we're continuing to watch. We're recording on Monday. We usually record a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. So another one drops tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, so we, I'll be we watching. We have one. Sure. We may have one or two to watch okay. uh, to talk about next week. I think so, there
1: there are five, if I'm not mistaken, episodes total. I think maybe six. Um,
0: that it, makes sense because that's how many the, yeah. they have. Uh, they play four games, so that'll probably be the the four games and like cut down day or something like yeah. that. So, um, and, and maybe leading into the the first game. So, but
1: it's good. It's it's good so far. This is a good season for
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I think uh, I think they've got they've got a lot of subjects. Um, CD Lamb. It was his cameo was quite good talking to Micah Parsons about his swag. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to see more of C.D. Lamb. So I hope that they he's
1: they uh that. he's a little he's a little bit of an energetic player. huh? He's yeah. uh, he seems like he's got some some good energy. And I, I like Micah Parsons, too. Uh, yes, I thought that was a good, you know, he's their number one draft pick. Uh, it, Had a very, very good career at Penn State. Um, So, you know, and I, I kind of liked how he you know the difference between a rookie and someone who's you know probably been in the league for four or five years he he gets on the phone with defensive coordinator uh after two series and he's like all right you're done he's like no man like i want to go like why why'd i come here if i'm not if i'm not gonna play now i gotta sit here for for three and a half quarters which like you know i appreciate that like it's it's cool to see uh players like want to be out there uh which in the preseason, you know, you don't get that with, uh, with veterans.
0: Right. And the same thing happened with Dak Prescott, which I, which was interesting to me because I felt like that was Mike McCarthy, not setting expectations. Like Dak was on the sidelines, just like, what the bleep, why am I, I, I've been sitting too long. I want to, I want to get out there. Like they like like, have a,
1: yeah, I almost did what they do on hard. Not have a conversation with like, uh, with, with your guy. Like how hard is that?
0: Yeah. So it yeah, it's it definitely seemed like he he wanted to practice harder than than they wanted to let him, um, and it he seemed a little disgruntled about it. So I thought that was quite interesting yeah. that they caught that as well. Um, so, anywho, on to our next NFL subject because we're we're into prime NFL season, we're prime preview season, prime fantasy draft season. So we've got our previews, um, and so we're headed to the the North divisions, the yes. NFC North and the AFC North. Which one do you want to start with? I'll, I'll let uh,
1: let's go AFC North. Let's go AFC okay. North.
0: All right. So AFC North, obviously Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Benguins. Benguins. Bengals. Bengals. Bengals, the, the, the cross between the, the penguin. oh my goodness. I just did it. To, never <laughs> All right, penguins move, on, the, move on, move on, <laughs> move on.
1: That,
0: that never happened. Uh, oh, so, um, so obviously, uh, the Ravens and the Browns are are uh, close favorites to win the division. Then come the Steelers and the Bengals. Um, Browns were kind of a surprise last year a little bit, um, but the Ravens obviously have Lamar Jackson and that um, team that brought them to the playoffs last year. So I will, um, I'll, I'll let you start, and then I'll, I'll chime in after that. So okay. what's your what's your top what's your top line? What teams you're looking at? What's what do what you got?
1: I think um, I like the Ravens uh, to win this division. I, I know that there's a lot of um, a lot of juice behind the Browns. Um, I still am not a Baker Mayfield uh, believer, so I'm not going to put them number two. I, I like the Steelers for a bounce back year. Um, I think, for for football reasons for fantasy reasons and I was saying this all last year and it, it didn't really come true until sort of the end of the year JK dobbins is going to I think have a monster season for the yep. Ravens uh so grab him <clears throat> uh I, I think this year he he he's off whatever pitch count they had him on and he's the he's the premier back uh, and he does, he does it all. He's, you know, the Ezekiel Elliott of last year's draft. He does it all pretty well. He blocks, he catches, he runs. So in, in an offense that has generally been run first, uh, that is the guy that you're going to want to want to look out for.
0: So I agree with you about the Ravens that they're good. However, there's is this one thing and shout out to the deep dive podcast who goes, I sent you last week. They go very deep into every team. They've gone over the schedule matrix of which are good spots and which are bad spots for teams. And the one thing that kind of stuck out to me is, number one, the Ravens have uh, five weeks in a row at home. So from week five, including their bye, through week nine, um, they have home games. Right. So early on in the season, um, they will be uh, home a lot so I think that they're going to build up an advantage there however week 12 through week 14 uh, week 12 uh, the Browns play the Ravens in Baltimore then the Ravens play the Steelers at the Steelers uh, which is always yep. a tough game and then the week after that they play at Cleveland yep. right So, so but what is Cleveland doing while Pittsburgh and the Ravens are beating up on each other they have a bye week So, Mm. so Cleveland could very easily take advantage of that and win, you know, take a, take a lead in the division there about week 14. So that's the only reason I'm leaning the Ravens, just uh, leaning the Browns just a little bit. Um, Their, their numbers are pretty tight. The Ravens are like plus 120 and the Browns are like plus 150. So um, it's pretty tight you can pretty much go either way on that one. So that, that is my only thing that I think about that. And I okay. completely agree with JK Dobbins. I love JK Dobbins. I've turned down, uh, I've turned down many uh, trade requests for JK Dobbins on my teams. Um, I will not trade him this year. Okay. So.
1: I think that's a smart move. And then if you're picking up AFC North running backs, you may as well go ahead and grab Najee Harris while you're at it. Cause well, he, well, I think that guy's gonna maybe, maybe especially if you're in, you know, one of the, Dynasty leagues, uh, maybe not this year, but certainly uh, moving forward, uh, he's you don't draft you don't draft him as early as they did, and not same thing with J.K. Dobbins last year. You don't draft a running back in the premier rounds without making him your premier running back.
0: Yep, I completely agree. I I think I said it maybe around the draft, but I think um, Najee Harris is a little bit of fool's gold this year. I think he's going to get a lot of carries, but again, their offensive line is still similar to last year which is bad and they didn't run it a lot last year maybe they'll run it more with Najee harris but their their offensive line is not fixed um so i think you'll get a lot of carries maybe not a lot of yards this year um but he is the number one overall rookie pick in dynasty um so everybody if you have one one unless you're in a tight end premium league you're going for him first overall and i have gone for him first overall um just because that you can't beat the value. Like with running backs, it's, it's all about opportunity. Um, well, talent and opportunity, but opportunity first. (laughs) And Najee Harris has both talent and opportunity. Um, so we will, um, definitely keep tracking that. Um, but I I think you're right. He's going to be a great running back this year. Um, and probably even better in the future if they fix that offensive line. Um, who knows what their quarterback will be in the future, but you know, that's that's a problem for another day. And maybe yeah. it's not a problem because maybe um, if they get, you know, Joe Schmo quarterback, they're going to be running it even more when mm-hmm. Roethlisberger is not there. So,
1: well, that their number two quarterback is an interesting, you know, if, if hard knocks was in Pittsburgh, the Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins uh, battle uh, should be should be an interesting one, especially with Ben Roethlisberger's injury history. That that's a big, big one to watch.
0: Yeah. And especially, um, I joined a couple of two QB leagues this year. So if you have a two QB league, like you're going to want to stash players like Rudolph or Haskins, whoever wins the number two job, because Roethlisberger is number one hurt all the time. And number two, you want a a player who's going to have an opportunity at, uh, you know, starting, um, at some point. So, um, sorry, my computer like had a mind of its own for like 10 seconds there.
1: All good. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to go ahead and, and at some point, leapfrog Mason Rudolph. Uh, you know, I know he didn't have the best experience uh, with the football team in Washington. He's still uh he's still a first round quarterback talent, uh, and I see him. He has a lot of similarities in terms of his size and ability. He's more similar to Ben Roethlisberger than Mason Rudolph is. Right. So if you're looking for a guy, if they're looking for like a seamless transition uh, between Roethlisberger and their number two guy, I think it's going to be, I think it's eventually going to be Haskins.
0: I think you're right. Sorry. No. Um, I believe uh, <laughs> I have I have a, uh, a uh, USB mouse that I didn't bring downstairs with me. And I think somebody was playing with it. And that was moving around my mouse, so they were controlling it via Bluetooth <laughs> from the You've way other side of the house. Accidentally, <laughs> yeah, it kept it I kept clicking and then moving. I'm like, who is doing that? Like, what is, is that this? Is, yeah, it's great, like a ghost or <clears throat> yeah. Um, anyway, I think it stopped, so I can actually like focus. Um, so now let's talk about the uh, NFC North. Yeah. So, um we've got the Green Bay Packers um with Aaron Rodgers in the fold, they're the favorites to win the division. Next come the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, and then and bring up the rear is the Detroit Lions. So go ahead and give me your uh, your top line on this one and then um we'll drill in. So I
1: think we now now with all the Jeopardy fallout that we discussed last week, I think we know why Rodgers ended up reporting to camp. Uh he didn't get he didn't get the Didn't Didn't get get the the host job, so fall back on being quarterback of the Packers. Uh, I think you got to expect the Packers to be right back, uh, right back up at the top of that. Um, I did follow. You texted me about it. The Bears preseason game, granted against backups. Uh, You got to like how Justin Fields looked, and I I said it back in the draft that he he's going to be the quarterback that all of those teams that didn't draft him at the top wished that they did. He's not I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, uh but just the same way that the Bears wish that they drafted Patrick Mahomes instead of whatever that guy's name was who I've already forgotten. Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell. Mitch Trubisky. Uh the I I think teams like uh like the Jets like uh uh, like Jacksonville are going to regret not drafting this guy. He is, he's going to be a stud. He's a winner. And uh, I, I, I think he is probably going to start sooner rather than later. And I like the bears to actually leapfrog the Vikings. I've never been much of a Kirk cousins fan. So uh, that, that whole thing's going to, fade away. And I like, uh, I like the Packers and the bears at the top of this one.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, I obviously watched part of that game and the Justin Fields part of the game over the weekend. Um, and I'll, and I'll, I'll say this so that I can clip it out for social media because social media loves hot takes. But if the bears do not start Justin Fields on week one, that is coaching malpractice. Andy Dalton is going to start for you. No way. However, so I'll cut that part out so I can put it on social media. There you
1: go. I agree 100%.
0: However, the Bears are playing the Rams and Aaron Donald, and they're, you know, last year they they have a top five defense probably again this year. Um, So, however, if there was a game to give to Andy Dalton to let him, Uh, (laughs) take the heat, so to speak, let them get Uh, banged
1: around by Aaron Donald. Yeah. And have to
0: worry about their,
1: their top rate secondary and then give it to Justin Fields. Yeah, pretty much. Their next game
0: is against against the Bengals. Like Andy Dalton does terribly on Sunday night football uh, (laughs) against Aaron Donald and the Rams. And then you give it to uh, Justin Fields to score like a thousand points against the Bengals. I, I, I can understand that part of the thing. That would be
1: a great, I mean, if just from an NFL story standpoint, that would be awesome because it's Joe Burrow who left Ohio state um, would have been, uh, you know, probably would have finished there. Um, if not for, for Dwayne Haskins against the quarterback that did, you know, transfer into Ohio state. Like, well, that would be a cool little, uh, cool little Buckeye storyline. Um, it's just, and also just like great young quarterbacks getting after it, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. So. Two top 10 quarterbacks going, going against each other. Right. Um, so, um, I think that that would make sense. I'm not saying that they're going to do that, but you know, if they're holding, um, Justin Fields out week one, I can't blame them against such a t- tough, defense on national TV. Um, I'm not think I'm not saying that he, he is not up to the moment, but if they are going to have Andy Dalton as this kind of person bridge quarterback that's passing the torch, you know, just taking the hits from the Rams might be a good, uh, you know, a, a nice thing to give to Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, a nice and maybe, shield
1: for that game for sure. Yeah.
0: And maybe if they're down, you know, a bunch and they, they bring in Justin Fields and just tell him to go crazy against a prevent defense, you know? Yeah. Um. So uh, I think there's there, it would, they got to start fields, but if they don't in the first game, I understand. So that's what I'll say. Yeah. Um, the Packers, I think, are going to win this division. Um, I'm not going to lay like minus one fifty or more to do that. Um, What's but, their win total? What is their win total? That's a good. That's a good question. Because um, that uh, was that was
1: fluctuating all up and down when the Aaron Rodgers stuff was right was uh was in the news, but now that the more
0: obviously more stable situation um so it looks like it as of july it's at nine and look like it it moved up it moved up to ten yeah so it's yeah (laughs) i would go over nine over
1: over over, (laughs) yeah
0: i i mean i think you know green bay's probably gonna win this division 10 and 7 11 and 6 is probably a, a good bet um I'll I'll take a look at the the real one. I got um, it. At,
1: I just saw it at eleven. Um, I'm 11. still yeah at, at plus one hundred and five. I'd still take over on that. I could see wow, twelve okay. and twelve
0: and five happen. Yeah, I mean they, they had the Lions a couple times. They have the Vikings a couple times where they, they have got, their number. Um, they got the rookie quarterback potentially, yeah. as we've said yeah.
1: twice. Uh, even as yeah. much as we both like Justin Fields, that's you know not a never an easy game.
0: Um, and I, I think that they have a, a harder schedule than last year. Um, they they had I, I don't want to keep being the schedule guy. <laughs> they can be look at but, the schedule, yeah. But you know they they have um, so looking at uh, when they start, they have obviously the 49ers, They have the Steelers, who you know plus or minus they have Washington. They have the Chiefs. They have the Seahawks, right? Uh, they have the Rams, just like the rest of their division. They have the Ravens. They have the Browns, right? Um, and, and plus they play in their division. So, so they're, they're out of division yeah. teams are, are teams like chiefs and, um, Rams and Seahawks and, um, even the Cardinals and Washington. Like, so I, I think there is a possibility that, um, they could take a step back win total wise this year, just because their schedule being, Were they
1: 13 and three last year. Yeah, Am I making that up? Yeah. Yep.
0: They were. Yeah, So, um, uh, other other teams in the division I guess are are less interesting to talk about. Um, obviously, the Lions are going through kind of a uh, hard rebuild a little bit. Um, they got this they got uh, Penny Sewell in the draft, which I think is perfect for them um, to help their offensive line. obviously they traded for yes. Jared Goff, who is uh, you know kind of like a just a guy that's gonna stand there and play quarterback for them for a year or maybe two years. Um, until they can have a high enough draft pick to get somebody better, um, and I think you know they they got into a little bit of trouble last year because they won too many games um, and didn't didn't have their win total low enough to get a good quarterback. So, um, but Sewell is a a real um, easy uh, consolation prize there for sure. Yeah, um, and the Vikings I don't I don't know what to do about the Vikings. They're just kind of mediocre. Um, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins his yeah. ceiling is 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 preventing them from going much further than they are. He is is one of those quarterbacks where they paid him a lot of money, but he's not that good, right? He's not a quarterback on a rookie contract. He's not a hall of famer. He's somewhere in between and being paid highly. Yeah. So that restricts the rest that they can do. They lucked out with Justin Jefferson last year. Um And he's great.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah he Justin Jefferson's phenomenal. At some point, though, uh, you got to improve that quarterback situation. And, and their they're, they're hands are tied.
0: Right. Exactly. So I, I think they'll probably be fighting for a wild card. But in the long term, I don't know what it gets them. Yeah. You know? I, so. don't, I don't know. All
1: right. Um, so Real quick before we go yeah. on to non-football related stuff. Uh, rookie quarterbacks seemed to – or non-NFL related stuff – uh, rookie quarterbacks all pretty much had a good little solid weekend uh, to yeah. start the year off. Uh, I, I actually, it seems like Trevor Lawrence might have had the shakiest. I, I watched a little bit of that game. He got banged around a, a little bit. Uh, it looks like he might have had the shakiest performance. Uh, Zach Wilson played competently. Justin Fields played very well. Had the rushing touchdown. The the passing. It was a blown. It was a blown play. But I read some article that that said the blown play or the blown defense was largely due to uh, the play action fake that, uh, that he, that he had on, on that very play.
0: And you have to respect his running ability, right? So they have linebackers purposely assigned to shadow him. um, And so they're not covering the tight end. So because of his running ability, right. That allows that play to be open. So I, 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 you know, if you're running that with Andy Dalton, is anybody shadowing him? <laughs> Unlikely. Right. not right. likely. So um, Mac Jones looked comfortable.
1: Uh, again, it wasn't anything. It was sort of similar to Zach Wilson. It wasn't anything uh, exciting, but it also was the moments not, you know, too big for him. And then Trey Lance had the, what, what was it? An 80 yard touchdown pass. Right. Uh, so, you know, first test. I don't think any of them played against a number one, a full number one defense, but all steps forward. And that that's kind of a, you know, in this, because those, those five guys are going to be tied at the hip forever in terms of how well they perform. Uh, It is kind of cool that they all took their, their first collective step forward collectively.
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, nobody wants to see bust, So I hope, I hope they all, well, yeah, except for Mac Jones uh because he's on the page he's on the pages yeah yeah um and he and he went to alabama um but uh you know you like to see guys play well you don't like to see anybody bust out of the, the league right so that's that's never fun um so that's good to see um we do have another football entry um unless you want to go to something else uh no let's stick okay. let's ride it let's ride it All Right. So this is this is you. This is this is you. This is your Big Ten. It is. So we're gonna talk about college football. Um, the Big Ten football. Um, so with obviously Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan, the big stories were they're outside of the top twenty five. Um, in the in the initial um rank is the AP rankings, A P rankings. Yes. yeah. So um obviously Penn State, we talked about with Micah Parsons, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, Michigan State, Iowa, Illinois. Purdue and Minnesota. Wait, are there more teams? Maryland, yes, it's Maryland. It's Maryland, Rutgers. Uh, did you say Indiana? Indiana. Indiana. All right. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, more well, than ten. More than ten there in the are, 10. I believe there are fourteen.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay. There you go. So, if I I am generally of the belief that uh, in college football, the the well maybe this is true of the NFL too, uh, but maybe even more so in college football, the head coach matters. That, And I think you have in the Big Ten the most stable collection of head coaches in um, in college football. So Ryan Day hasn't lost a Big Ten game since he's taken over. Indiana showed a lot with Tom Allen, Penn State. Uh, James Franklin pulled them out of whatever gutter they were in um, after the mess that that was left to him. And, and they're doing all right. Uh, Paul, Kristen, Wisconsin, Pat Fitzgerald is probably the most underrated. I mean, well, maybe he's not. He got he got some peaks at NFL jobs. Uh, but Pat Fitzgerald in Northwestern. Kirk, Fer- I think it's pronounced Ference, was, yep. uh, you know, it's been in been in Iowa. P.J. Fleck gets NFL looks. Greg Schiano, a former NFL coach uh, at Rutgers, you know, even the worst team has a great head or well a, a very good head coach. Um, so that's I, I think that's the reason I'll I, I would argue that college football is the two best conferences are the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, you could argue probably the SEC's a a, a, a touch ahead. The Big Ten is not that far behind. Uh so this is gonna be a premiere, you know, and you got some really fun players. Like uh, on T like t- uh Ty Freifogel, for example. Look at look out look out for that guy in Indiana is wide receiver. Um he, he kind of reminds me of um uh of a younger I am not gonna say because I said I wasn't gonna uh mention <laughs> mention the Jets, but the the wide receiver that they may or may not have drafted in the second round. Um this past year, uh, he he's like a, sh- a shorter uh, guy, runs great routes, super fast, catches everything that's thrown his way. Um, like, you know, that that's an exciting guy. Uh, Ohio State's got two great wide receivers, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. They do have the quarterback question. Uh, this will be um, the first time that Ryan Day is coaching a game without Justin Fields. So there's going to be challenges there um but listen to this ready so uh opening weekend in the Big 10 Penn mm-hmm. State w- versus with w- uh Penn State at Wisconsin okay so you got two okay. teams ranked Indiana at Iowa two ranked teams and Ohio State at Minnesota that's probably a preview of what the Big 10 championship game is very likely to be right out of the gate opening opening of the season so uh these guys are gonna, um, and and you know, not taking anything that the, the um, I think the SEC's got a big matchup too to open up their uh, their season. Since we like to talk about schedules, uh, I think Georgia <laughs> is playing. Uh, who are they? It's a it's another top. Uh, might even be Alabama. Um, as we both. As you both circuit. Uh, I, no, I, I no, think- no. It's Clemson. It's Clemson. Oh, wow. They open up a Clemson. Or, yeah. Wow. So like th- that's a, that's a cool one too. But th- those three games are, are massive games right out of the shoot for the big 10. Um, it's going to be a fun, a fun year uh, for, you know, and, and I think what we kind of learned last year is that, yes, Ohio state's the cream of the crop, but because they have an untested quarterback, does that pull them back down? And once you get back down, like Indiana, Penn State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Iowa, Minnesota, are all very, very good teams. Notice I have not mentioned a certain team, and that's yep. that's for a very important reason because I think John Harbaugh, uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, is the most overrated coach uh, in college football.
0: Well. I'm not going to disagree with you because I think you've seen what has happened. You know, he was kind of like the coach that they wanted to bring in from San Francisco. He's from the NFL. They wanted to bring him in to uh, kind of take them to a national championship level team. And he hasn't done that. He's tremendous um, at
1: going eight and four. He's yeah. just very good at it.
0: <laughs> and, and I think he was overrated in the NFL as well. I think he rode a, a wave of a really good team. Um, and I believe he was eventually fired right he was out of the nfl um i don't remember if he was fired
1: or if if it was like we're both gonna move on from this situation and he had michigan coming to knock at his door Uh, but it it wasn't
0: a yeah he didn't leave the 49ers in great shape right exactly (laughs) and and so michigan not currently in a great shape now either um they are plus 1400 to win the big 10 save your money yeah, and they're outside of the top twenty-five, um, so that that leaves teams like Wisconsin, Penn State, Iowa, uh, and you. I think you said Indiana is ranked in the top twenty-five as well, right? I think um, Ohio State, Indiana,
1: Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Indiana—six teams. I'm pretty sure are wow. ranked okay. in the top twenty-five. I, I, I guess Minnesota is not, um, but uh, okay. rest Indiana. assured, they're going to be yeah.
0: good. So, yeah, I I think the Big Ten uh, has a lot of top-to-bottom strength. I think there's a couple of weak teams like Maryland, Illinois, Rutgers maybe. Um, but Michigan State will give it to you every, every week. Um, Purdue, Northwestern, as you talked about, all good teams. So um, it, it's a little bit of a tougher division. As we talk about, we talk about quarterbacks a lot, right? Ohio State starting over with a new quarterback. Um, who we don't even know who they are yet. Um, So uh, very likely. Yeah. uh,
1: It's probably going to be CJ Stroud, uh, who was the backup last year, saw a little bit of time. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's unlikely, uh, or we don't, they they haven't named a starter yet.
0: Right. So, you know, in in college, you do see kind of a two quarterback system a little bit more often. I don't know if they're going to do that, but, It's it's not like um, some teams can kind of go to a to a two quarterback situation, um, which I don't care for. But I'd be surprised
1: if if Ohio State uh, does does do that. C.J. Stroud was was a highly uh, touted recruit, who's a top one hundred recruit. You know, I I think Ryan Day is a tremendous offensive coach, and he'll whoever. Whoever it is, again, I think it's going to be CJ Stroud is is very likely uh, going to going to thrive in that system.
0: Okay. All right. Anything else on the Big Ten before we get out of here on that?
1: Uh, no. I just think it's a it, it's it's one of those conferences where they're going to beat uh you know that those teams in the middle are going to pound each other, uh you know, and you you may end up seeing like a a, a team. I mean, it's let's assume that Ohio state, you know, and I, I don't want to assume it because the second I start doing that, they're, they're going to start losing games, but that, you know, the big 10 West, um, you may see a team that it is eight and four come out of that side just because they're going to pound on one another. Sure. Um, so, or, or, you know,
0: uh,
1: a, a, um, you know, a nine and three team, which may not feel like it should be in the conference championship game, but, uh the way that the the way that these teams all shake out it, it's very possible that that you're going to have uh have some I, some real competitive uh go on
0: absolutely and that, and that's traditional for the Big 10 right they just kind of are uh, are um tough defensive teams tough running games um you know that 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 pound each other uh, into the dirt um, every week. And so whoever emerges from that will be, you know, you know, we'll maybe have a couple of losses, Ohio state, um, probably maybe not. Um, but you know, the, the championship game, you know, just like we talked about with the ACC and UNC, right. You, you get into the championship yeah. game and you don't know what happens, right? Uh, CJ Stroud could be hurt and they could go to somebody else or yeah. their key defensive player could be hurt. Like a lot of things can happen. So, um, it's just getting in that game that you want to absolutely.
1: Do. And, and whoever's going to get in that game from, from either side is going to be fairly battle tested. So, uh, like you said, anything, anything can happen.
0: Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, as as I heard a podcast with um, Matthew, Matthew, forgetting his name, um, fantasy football expert on ESPN, who said the randomness is built into the game because the the football is shaped in such a way that it bounces every which way. So yep. um, randomness is, is is part and parcel of the game. So which makes it fun. Um, all right. So that that'll wrap it for uh, our Big Ten preview. Obviously, we'll keep going through. Um, the college football previews, um, and I'll lean on continue to lean on Tim as our college football expert here. Um, anything else you want to talk about this week? Uh, we just we we did have the cool um, the cool no hitter
1: that uh, um, happened last week. First, um, oh yeah, first outing, and i I've already forgotten his name. Um, my goodness.
0: Um, so it was, it thing. was his, it was his first start. It was yeah. his second, uh, appearance. It was Tyler Gilbert. Oh, yes. Um, Perfect. so his first career start against the Padres, Padres who are totally reeling. So reeling that they, they signed Jake Arietta um, After no hit by the Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a great story. I mean, there was a bunch of no hitters at the beginning of the year. Um, and then those kind of, kind of quieted down yep. as they, uh, they didn't let the pitchers, uh, with use the sticky stuff, um, became a little bit easier for the hitter somehow. Uh, but this, this is, you know, you always love to see a, a no, a surprise, no hitter, not from a, a star player.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, the I, I, no matter how many there have been, that is still one of the coolest things in sports, all the things that have to break your way. For there to be a no hitter thrown, is is just incredible. Uh, you know, you can't. There's so much that is in your control that you have to do, and then there's so many other things out of control. You know, that there wasn't a ground ball with eyes uh, that that found its way through uh, is the, it's just cool. And, and anytime you, I see a no hitter that, that or a, a game that's a no hitter is entering into the. Seventh or eighth inning, unless it's a must-win game for the Cardinals, I, I'm kind of rooting for that guy to get the no-hitters. It it's just fun to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, on our on our sports are fun, kind of, or try to have fun.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, there's especially in a hundred and sixty-two game season, but also in, in in other sports like basketball that has eighty-two. Um, you know, often at the end of the game, you know. Guys will go out and shake their hands or in baseball they won't shake each other's hands. um they'll just go back in the dugout and say, "I'll see you tomorrow um, but an event that causes the entire team to jump around and mob each other and throw water um and celebrate on the field is always you know something you want to root for to see right um because it's more fun to see that than to see you know a ho hum two hitter and ho hum you know three to nothing game so yeah. Um, so any, any, any event that causes players to celebrate on the field, like Christmas day, you want, you want to see so.
1: now, speaking of celebrating on the field, uh, okay. how about the field of dreams game? Did you
0: watch that? I did not watch the field of dreams game, but I, I heard, uh, good things about it. What um,
1: a, I, I was transfixed to the television, uh, with the Yankees being down seven to four, they hit two, two run home runs in the top of the ninth to go up eight, seven. And then Tim Anderson hits a two run home run in the bottom of the ninth, uh, to, uh, to win the game. It, if you had told me if I wasn't a baseball fan and you had told me that that happened, I'd be like, you know, like game is fixed. Uh, like how, how could that possibly have ended that way? Uh, with, you know, the two home run, all, all three home runs, you know, streaming into the corn, uh, it was, it was very cool. Uh, and you know, it was just like a a picturesque, awesome, awesome day for the game, a sunset, uh, as well. Uh, that was like absolutely beautiful. So that, that I thought was a cool thing. And I, I hope that they continue to do stuff like that. Um, whether it be, you know, I, I saw some people like posting some ideas on social media, like, oh, they should play a game where the Durham Bulls play. Uh, or you know, somebody was like, well, why, while we're doing this, why don't we create an actual sandlot and have them play? You know, <laughs> uh, I think it'd be great to like play. I saw the, one of the best things I saw was let's play a game uh, in every state that doesn't have a team. Like, let's play uh, a game at midnight in Fairbanks, Alaska. Like, that'd be really cool. Like in the middle of the summer, you play a, mi- you know, play a midnight game no one would watch it because it's five o'clock in the morning here, but like that, what a cool experience that, or, you know, people probably would tune into to watch something like that or to, to play a game in Hawaii, um, which doesn't always happen. I'm sure, you know, obviously like I sort of just hinted at TV and ratings and all those things that play a role and you can play a game in Iowa and it be, be good for all, you know, good at a good time for everybody. But I think it'd be neat to continue this streak, have one game a year played somewhere that's out of the norm.
0: Yeah. And and they used to play at the little league stadium, um, a, a series, I think right. a couple of years ago, which they, was a they cool had the players of, weekend. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, yeah. I assume they're going to do that again this year. The little league world series is, is ongoing. Um, so I, I, I wonder if there's a, a players weekend that, that we're going to, see. I'm not, I'm not sure, but, uh, that's always fun when they let the, let the teams wear whatever jerseys, uh, looks like we're getting it in two weeks Oh wow! Uh, okay. so, is when
0: that'll happen. Yeah. There, so there you go. Um, I am 100% beside, behind your play, uh, games in every state. I think, you know, I'm also behind, um, weird fields, uh, yeah. um, for baseball. Like I used to love the Hill in, in they took it out in houston um i was 100 behind that because weird things would happen um uh, obviously there wasn't corn on the field in this one but like the outfield was just um behind the fences was just all corn so um that made a made it picturesque um but i think there's other places that you can play that would be you know um entertaining for the fans and you know again there's as we talked about 162 games for each team you know i think um just shaking it up every now and then is is worthy of um something to do i mean the nfl plays in london you know several times a year um you know soccer yeah. teams play friendlies all over the globe basically so i think um a, a little uh, a little quirkiness um you know baseball is already a pretty quirky sport so adding a little quirkiness uh, couldn't hurt
1: and, and the, you know people were saying something about like can the field host uh host fans that that's not like not not as much my concern like i i I agree with you i think it would be cool to play on a quirky uh minor league field that that couldn't have much more than a couple thousand people
0: right yeah i mean i i don't i don't think attendance is is the most important attendance gate receipts is the most important thing here um for mlb it's just you know Exposing the live game to other fans and and putting it li- live on national TV and showing kind of like, um, you know, instead of a another game against the Phillies and the the Mets in mid July, you have the Phillies and the Mets playing, you know, in the shadow of I don't know Mount Rushmore or something, you know, something yeah, 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 ridiculous right. like that, like um, you know, in or North Dakota oil fields or something, it, you know, like keep it in, yeah. you know, like I, I know. You can keep it
1: in the market, like so, somewhere in the greater Philadelphia, uh, New York market, where where you wouldn't think to play, like Hoboken, New Jersey, where where supposedly the first uh, baseball game was played, or go all the way up to Cooperstown, play play right. an actual game there, like you know something that because I guess the the White Sox are are in the mark like. Iowa is the market of Chicago. Um, so, you know, you can even keep it in the market. Uh, but like play, you know, although I do support playing, uh, with Mount Rushmore in the background, we might have to build a field <laughs> for that, but,
0: you know, uh, that'd be awesome. If you build it, they will come. right? Yeah. Hey,
1: it, listen, that we, if we learned anything from that movie, um, it was cool. They had them all walk out of the cornfields and Kevin Costner did an interview. And one of the things, uh, that I really liked that he said, he was like, you know, this was one of those movies where um all I had to do was not mess it up. Like where it was like, it, unlike other movies where I knew like I needed to be great in order for this movie to do well, all we had to do was, was not mess it up. And he was like, there's if I nail, was like, if I nailed one line, I knew it was going to be great. And it was the, Hey dad, uh, you want to have a catch and, you know, if that doesn't throw on the goosebumps for you, I don't know what it is.
0: (laughs) So, oh yeah. Yeah. Fire up, fire up the, fire up the tearjerker. Yeah. That one, that one is a real, a real winner there. So, um, yeah, good, good call, um, on that one. I had forgotten about that, uh, last week. So that was, that was a real, um, and, and baseball rarely gets big events right that everybody's talking about everybody's watching so um for them to have that was really good yeah um, for I, baseball I, and and everything I saw
1: it was the highest rated regular season game in like a decade or something. Right. So so
0: yeah great for them you know not a gimmick I I think you know other leagues do gimmicks too so like um bring it on let's let's see what else yeah. you know like uh see what else they got up up their sleeves. Uh, so
1: yeah let's let's get everyone thinking.
0: All right. So um what do you have your eye on this upcoming week
1: okay i got my eye on the fedex cup uh tournament or i get like the playoffs of golf uh beginning they start this weekend the northern trust uh i like watching so uh there's three subsequent i guess tournaments that make up the fedex playoffs uh, the Northern Trust and the BMW Championship and then the Tour Championship uh, over the next three weeks. This year, the Northern Trust is at a bucket lift bucket list golf course of mine. Uh, Liberty National, which is um, on um, on the banks of the Hudson River in, in, um, in New Jersey, overlooking wow. the Statue of Liberty in lower Manhattan. Um, that is very cool. Uh, so Jersey city, New Jersey is getting the, uh, getting the Liberty, uh, or excuse me, getting the, um, the Northern trust this year. Uh, and so I, I, like it already just cause I like watching the golf playoffs and then put it in New Jersey and put it with the statue of Liberty in the background. You're talking my language.
0: All right. There you go. Trifecta. Yeah, that's right. There. All right. So, so I, uh, I think that's great. I love uh, I love a good golf playoffs. Whatever. So that's o- that's over three three events. Three whoever weekends. has the most points. three weekends, whoever has the most kind of quote unquote points at the end. Is yeah. That how it works?
1: So so they do it. They they changed how they do it. So I hope I don't say this wrong. Um, there's some kind of point system. You get points for finishing at certain. Certain places in various tournaments, the the, uh, the majors give you more points. Um, so I think it's the top 100-something golfers that make it. It'll cut down after this weekend. It'll cut down after next weekend. And going into the final weekend, what they've been doing for the last couple of years, is that um, whoever has the most FedEx points will start at like minus 10. Wow. And so on and so forth up to so like it'll so you you continue to get FedEx points for finishing in these tournaments um and then for the ver- for the Tour Championship it's staggered. Uh so like I think 2 years ago Justin Thomas had the most points and so he started at minus 10 or 12 or something like that. He actually didn't didn't win it. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Cause I guess it's golf's way of like seeding the players in mm-hmm. a way. Uh, but you know, it's, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to pay attention to it as it goes forward. Cause I might not be doing the best, um, the best job explaining how, it, how it all works out, but I think it's 125 golfers to start. It's going to go cut in half and then cut in half again with that staggered start
0: okay well it's a good thing that everyone that's listening to this is keeping their eyes glued to it um because um we'll uh keep talking about it and then want to understand you know how it works out so all right um, all right keep your eyes glued to the previously mentioned fedex cup playoffs keep your ears glued to dynasty sports empire the podcast and we will talk to you next week see you later jeff yeah Oh wow. Or was it FedEx Cup Playoffs? FedEx Cup
1: Tournament? FedEx, like, FedEx Cup Playoffs. Okay. So. Playoffs? Yeah. What's uh what's unclear. Oh wait, have we talked about Ted Lasso?
0: Um, we haven't, but I love Ted Lasso so much. And I'm I'm six or seven episodes into it. It it is amazing. I won't watch wait wait. The first season or the second season? First season. So you've seen
1: the Allen Iverson spoof. Speech. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's the
0: hardest I've laughed while watching
1: television in a very long time. Well, I
0: I wasn't like, I was like, oh, he's doing Allen Iverson. But then it wasn't quite like, he was like using it in an inspiring way yeah. to talk about practice. It was like, it was like so wrapped up. I was like, I, I loved it, but it was also kind of like, uh, I was like, wait a second. What? Yeah. yeah. So somebody did a mashup
1: of <laughs> Allen yeah. Iverson like and saying okay, it's saying it a line and then ted lasso saying a line it is so brilliant um but yeah oh man we gotta we gotta keep
0: talking about that because okay. that is such a good show okay i, I will definitely uh we'll, we'll talk about it again right, we, more we because have, we have we more done. homework okay. yeah we gotta do that on real time when it's not over the the, the music yeah